All right, here we go. We're back with another one here coming to you just about live here at the We Shall Not Sleep podcast. Happy hump day, everyone, as it's almost over for the people of the East Coast. And I appreciate you tuning in this evening to tonight's show. I have been very grateful for your patience with me in the last several weeks, months, maybe year. I don't know what it is. But uh, I like doing these evening shows, those, again, uh, checking out uh, these um, when they drop. Um, It's just life has been getting crazier and crazier, but I've been still wanting to share with you guys. So um, continue to follow us on our YouTube channel, SoundCloud, where we're hosted, iTunes, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, uh, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Um, Our YouTube channel is great um, if you're ever needing a backup place um, for those who uh, like listening on there, just search We Shall Not Sleep, Michael Crable, and you'll find me. Uh, continue if you would like to receive any feedback um, or if you want to receive feedback, not from me, if I want to receive your feedback. How about that? Let's try that. You could send emails to wsnspodcast at gmail.com. All right, so tonight I want to share with you a vision or passion that has really starting to become clear. I got the little the nudge just just about after I became a pastor in September of last uh, of 2020 actually it's been over 2 years now. Um I've talked about my boss, my boss Mike Perry, my friend and his and his wife, my other friend Jessica are on here and they now have six kids. They didn't have six kids when I when I met them and started working for uh, Lanair 4 years ago. But the, the thing that, for me, was immediately came apparent is that they're, they're kids. I wasn't the biggest fan of kids, and it was really nothing to do with the kids. It was just really how the parents had raised the kids. Um, I had not been as, as lucky in my life to, or fortunate or blessed to, to have run into really well-behaved kids all that all often. But their kids are little angels, and I love them to death. I love them as if they were my own. I had the privilege of taking their oldest four to a movie a couple years ago, and you know, I, I asked if I could surprise them, and I took them, and um, I know I, for that three hours, I would have given, a, I would have took a bullet for every single one of them. My life did not matter anymore. So, I, I say that, but you know, the thing that's become apparent to me is children and the need that our children are in this country. You know, the orphanages in this country fell by the wayside, and it's hard for me to, to based on research, um, how many like how many orphanages and kids, you know, were there in the United States, you know, throughout the 20th century and, and since it started in the 19th century here in this country, but. What, the one thing that was weird is that, that they're no longer, they're no longer around, um, and um, and it's just kind of weird because you basically have you have three terms of of adoption. You can either go through a private agency and, and working with, you know, infants that are that need to be adopted as soon as the mother has the child, go through foster care, or you can do international adoption. And you know, according to 
uh, a lot of research on there. It's around like just over a hundred thousand. It's just like a, it's one and a quarter. It's like a hundred, anywhere between a hundred, 125,000 kids that need to be adopted per year in the United States. Well, according to FBI statistics as well, you talk about, this is really disheartening around 840,000 children go missing every year. And you talk about what your purpose is as a parent. Like, how does that happen? Um, is it because of the foster care system? Is it be, do adoptive agencies? Are they trafficking children? You know, you think of all these things in your mind. Like, how do that many people go missing? Children. I mean, if you're a parent listening to this, where is your child right now? You probably know the answer to that question, or at least you think you do, right? But how do many this many kids go missing now? Obviously, it depends on you leave them with a babysitter. Is the babysitter trustworthy? Are they going on a play date? Is that is that uh, parent trustworthy? They're going to a friend's house. Is that friend trustworthy? Are they by themselves and going off? I mean, how does this happen? I mean, it, as a parent, keeping your child safe is like your, your whole goal in life, right? At least you'd like to think so. Well, I'm not going to speak against anyone here. I'm just wondering, can it be done better? Can we keep children safe? And then, then my mind starts to go. Um, to what about, well, not about, what about just not children, but what, what about, um, what about those who are, you know, underprivileged, like the, the troubled youth, but then I'm like, well, what about our widows? What about our elderly who get put in nursing homes? Um, I, I just, I, I think to myself, um, well, well, what other ways can we be helping the least of these, the lots? Well, this vision of mine was like, what would happen if you had a a place of of land and you built a like complex and it was to house the least of these you know at the end of the book of james this is what it says Religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this to look after orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world and we see what Jesus says, you know, about what the four feed the poor, clothe the poor. Well, well, Master, when did we do that? It's like, well, when you did it to one of the least of these, you did it for me. You know, woe to those, you know, who harm kids. You know, it better for them to be, you know, thrown with a millstone put around their neck and thrown to the bottom of the sea than to harm one of these little ones. Think of all the words that Jesus says and what the scriptures say about, about what we're supposed to do. I was like typing, like envisioning this, this building, this property. Where you could have like an orphanage, and like a and and like a home for for people of all ages, infants, kids, adults, run by the church, along with a wid maybe a widow support group, or um, and then just the elderly who can't take care of themselves. So it's like a nursing home, orphanage, and community center all in one, but it's run by the church. We're not going to allow these people to be put away into care that's really strained. We're actually going to provide the care. We're going to have, we're, we're going to dictate this. It, it, here's the thing is that the church did not fight to keep all of this from happening. Obviously, there's more people, there's more problems, it requires more experts. There's a lot of logistics. But you don't think that the church with all of its people, Protestant, Catholic, if we didn't 
if, if we really wanted to, we could do it. It's a mandate. We're supposed to take care of the least of these. Now, I want to be cynical here, okay? I'm going to be cynical in this, in this aspect. So please hear me. What I'm not speaking to are the altruistic, selfless, God-fearing people, and maybe not even the God-fearing people, but the people that, um, that are genuine, genuine people, okay? I'm talking about, like, let's, let's be cynical here and say, what are, the, what are the worst aspects? Well, I can't take care of my family member. I don't want to take care of my family member. We're going to put them in a nursing home, and they're just going to you know, waste away. I don't want anything to do with them. We, we all see that. Well, if we go to a nursing home, you see the people who are neglected. Their family doesn't really care that much. Or if they care, they don't care enough because it's like, oh, I think of my mom, but I'm not going to go see her. We see that all the time. I don't think that's, that's anything new. Obviously, they're, they're adopting out of foster care is free. At least in Mich- the state of Michigan, it's free. There's, there could be a few like court fees, but it's nothing like adopting a kid, not adopting like out of private care. And then you get, you get a stipend, you get reimbursed, and there's tax credits. So essentially, you're getting paid to have a kid. Obviously, it's in your budget. Obviously, I, I get all that. But do you think there's people out there who gain the system? You know, just uh, you get a lot of, uh, what is it called, foster bucks? <laughs> you kind of treat the children as a commodity and utilize it. Of course, there's neglect. Of course, there's abuse. Absolutely. We know of that, too. I'm not saying there wasn't in the church. I'm just I'm talking about ideals here. And then you look at adopting privately, assuming it's not coming from step parents or grandparents or another in law or whatever, but you're doing through like an agency with court fees, placement fees, housing fees, reviews, um, travel expenses, anywhere between like twenty five and forty thousand dollars to adopt a kid out of like out of non-foster care. So if you want to adopt a kid, it's really expensive. And if you want to go through the foster care system, it's free and you get paid for it. Then there's 840,000 kids that go missing every year. How's that possible? It's just very strange. I understand that bad things happen, but how do 840,000 kids go missing? It's one of those things that it's starting to hit me. Now, this might sound really dumb to you. You say, what's the point? How would it be? How would it differ? Well, first off, we keep the kids safe. And then secondly, there'd be a layer upon layer of accountability, background checks, security. And most importantly, it's not last, but I'm just saying, if you want to get through the practical things, how about the fact that we're going to do it in Jesus' name? And we really don't have a choice, if you're asking me. Doesn't mean that there's not Christians working jobs out there. Well, why don't we move it away from that establishment, take it away out, out of back, back away from the government's hands, which we so easily relinquished, and say, no, we're going to do it this way, because we're the church and we actually know better, because we know that, that the care we give people is not just for their physical well-being, it's for their soul. And for the kids that need the unconditional love, the people that can't fight for them to fight for themselves, they need that advocate. Are they a hundred percent going to get it in the foster care system or adoption? Not necessarily. No system's foolproof. I'm just thinking it could be better. 
And the excuse of, well, it's pretty good right now. Like, well, children, it should be bulletproof with our children. Leaving no room for improvement type of mentality. I want you to think about that tonight. 840,000 kids go missing every year. Are there 840,000 sets of parents that are that neglectful? When was the last time you heard of a kid going missing? Who are these kids that are going missing? I could I can't tell you all the years that I've lived. I can't remember a kid actually going missing like that was kidnapped or actually got lost. Not like got lost in a shopping mall and they found somebody. I'm talking about like they had to file a police report because their son, our daughter, is gone. Where do they go? Were they being child trafficked? Were they kidnapped by some creepo who, whatever? That's in the United States. We have like 340 million people. There's 7.5 billion of us in the world. Why don't you get your head around that, those facts, the numbers, and then you, there's over 100,000 kids that need to be adopted. And listen, we can talk about abortion all day, and I understand when people say, well, well you should talk about abortion. Well, why don't, why don't we have so many of these pro-life people? Why don't we have adoption? Why don't we? Are you willing to adopt? Yes. Yes, I am. But it's really difficult when it costs $25,000 a year or it's free but like, or or you get paid to do it, but not every kid, uh, all those kids are going to go into the foster care system immediately. It's it's starting to eat at my soul the neglect of how much the church has just allowed the state, like individual state, but then the state, right? The uh, nation state. Truly, truly take the reins. We've completely relinquished our responsibility. So this is a vision. I don't know what's going to come of it. I don't know how the how. I'm praying and I'm fasting over this because I don't know how yet. But this vision is becoming more clear that we need to help. We need to become more actively involved. No, not some NGO, not some non-for-profit, a church thing. This is our ministry. This is the such and such ministry. This is what it is. This is what we do. It's part of our church. They're going to come stay at the church. They belong to the church. We don't need to establish another 501c3 because we got one that's a call to church. I know this might sound really naive. I, I want you to hear the heart behind it. I want the church to get back in the business, so to speak, of taking care of the poor, the children, the widows, those who can't take care of themselves, the elderly. All of it. All of it. And one thing I'd like to think of is is having, you know, grandparents and relatives in nursing homes that, you know, it's like, well, they can't take care of themselves, but they still want to have a purpose. Do you imagine the elderly like saying, Hey, all right, you know, Don or Ron or Bob, like today, like your your time, like bingo time, like you're gonna be uh spending time with, you know, with Ralphie or or Susie or whatever. Um, and like their job is to care and, and help with them. And so the elderly 
spending time with the young the young kids and the young kids. They love old people for crying out loud. They love it. Don't you think that would give a little bit of purpose back to their lives? And widows having support, being around one another, knowing that they're not alone, they can they can talk, but then they can you know have uh, people that they help around the house like a full support group. And so, could you imagine like that Christmas? Like envision it with me. Like I'm like you have like 500 people in this like dormitory building thing. It's a community center. And you have one big gigantic Thanksgiving Christmas meal together. Can you, can you, can you picture that? And you have the orphans, you have the, you have the other children, you have troubled youth, you got the elderly, you have widows, and it's all the people you're supposed to take care of that are cared for biblically, that are given a purpose still. They're not cast aside and it's a safe environment. No sexual assaults, no kidnapping, no uh, molestation. No one goes missing. There's layers upon layers of security. And it's volunteer run and it's all supported and financed by the church. Tithe money goes right in there. We don't need a dime of the government's money or assistance. We are the best caretakers. Does not mean you, I'm not, what I'm not saying also, I'm not saying that you neglect medical care. No, 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 no. I'm not saying that either. I'm not one of those people. I think God has created the medical sciences. He uses great people for it. I, I've been a benefactor of it many times. My mom and I wouldn't be here without it. So that's not what I'm saying. I'm talking about the emotional and spiritual care that's not, that's, that's not ever present. Why don't we provide the space and invite the other people in versus us, you know, in some cases, not being able to go see them? So I, I just ask, this might seem very strange, but I just ask that you be praying for it sincerely. I've asked God to try to try to help bring some clarity, but this is something I know that I must do. I don't know what my role is. I don't know the how yet, but with God, anything is possible. And the motive, the, again, the method, I have no idea. I'm just spitballing here. I just know that this is, this is something we're going to have to do as a church. We will not have a choice. And I'm asking God to impart that type of passion that type of sense of honor and duty into people, be instilled saying, well, I'm a Christian. This is what I, I must do. My soul compels me to do it as I yearn after God. That's what I'm asking for. Please be fasting and praying with me. I would greatly appreciate that. I just wanted to share this vision with you. Thank you so much, everyone. May God bless you and may God keep you.